0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the new and improved Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Yeah, so um, here's what happened. I uh, was thinking about what I told you guys in episode three about my old band, Nonprofit, and our, uh, you know, running into another hip-hop group with a band of the same name. Well, I started taking a look around uh, the Apple podcast, the Spotify, the everything. And, (laughs) oh boy, originality. I think Voltaire once said... uh, originality is nothing more than judicious imitation because i found a couple other podcasts one of them was called punk rock politics no and sign in the middle and politics was p-o-l-i-t-i-x i believe uh and i listened to a little bit of that podcast and it seems a lot more politics than punk rock to me but i liked this i liked it it was good i liked the subject matter Uh, And then I found a punk rock and politics uh, podcast on Apple. I don't think mine's on Apple right now, so I didn't see it uh, when I was looking on all the ones I'm on in Spotify, uh, predominantly. But there's one on Apple uh, podcast that has been around for a while, pretty uh, established. I think uh, I saw like 60 or 70 episodes. Uh, So I did a little switcheroo. Uh, Because of that. So now I'm going to call my podcast the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Um, I may change the name again in the future. I don't know. Uh, I don't love the name. I don't love the similarity. I like to try to be original. But it really does encompass what I'm trying to do here. And uh, it's also chronological. I've been kind of doing my episodes, um, you know, Politics First followed by Punk Rock. And uh, that's kind of, I kind of like it. So this is now the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Um, And you guys can go to the website. I finally got my website up. Uh, It is no the in the front. It's just politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com. And I'm going to be putting some blog posts up there that are just like, Fun, sarcastic idea, little things, some things that I end up posted on social media that uh, I don't talk about on the podcast. Um, and then I do want to invite you, if you like the subject matter and the content of uh, my podcasts, and you want to participate in a conversation with uh, uh, some like-minded individuals and uh, friends of mine, I do have a private group on Facebook called Andrew for America Comedy and Commentary. Uh, And it is a private group. Um, I'm going to ask you to act right and uh, stay on topic, on theme in there. I do reserve the right to delete you if you do not follow the rules. (laughs) Punk rocker guy asking people to follow the rules. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, you know what I mean. Within reason, you know, you get it. So okay, so that's that. Uh, I want to recap real quick episode four, uh, because I, I I listened back to it a few times and man, I'm proud of that one. I really am. If you haven't gone back and listened to any and all of my podcasts, I kind of it's kind of like uh, a show where you have you don't have to see the previous episode to understand what's happening in the next one, but it's probably a good idea. To, to go chronologically because I do continue themes and um, I do have some some uh, ideas that I uh will incorporate into my commentary uh, on the podcast and you will see and hear common themes so uh so that's that so uh, uh what I I kind of wanted to, yeah, like I said, I want to recap episode four. So uh, in episode four, I was kind of talking about uh, how people hate seem to hate America and how it's still actually a place that we should really love and be grateful for and we're lucky to have. Um, I talked about having the courage to take the road unknown and uh, strive to be better, smarter. Uh, you know, I talked about coming to a new land and building a new life. And, uh, you know, I talked about a lot of the problems that are that we have here in America. And um, I didn't realize at the time, but that song I played at the ep- end of episode four, Live for Better Days by Ignite, I didn't even realize it at the time. I just loved the song. But I read the lyrics to it after the episode. And boy, I couldn't have guessed better uh, to pick a song that uh, perfectly lined up with the theme. Uh, like here, I'm just going to read a little bit of the lyrics real quick because it just makes... I love it. It's just, it's so perfectly fit with the ideas I was trying to to get across to you people. So here we go, you know, save it for tomorrow. Just let me get some sleep in. Let me remand. I wasn't born a failure. Tonight I feel we're sinking and I'm thinking once again. So I say goodnight to dreams that won't be realized. I can't sleep with desperation by my side and the memories start to fade. And now I live for better days. You know, I was talking about my grandpa, uh, great-great-whatever, great-grandpa, in uh, episode four. You know, coming over from Germany on a boat by himself. No family, no friends, etc. I mean, you know, people, it can always be worse. You think your situation's bad? You know, is your situation really life or death? You know, need versus want? Do you just want more things? Or do you need certain things are your basic needs met if not you know there are ways for you to get your basic needs met there's help out there you know i'm just saying i understand like there's there's bad you know there's poverty and there's starvation and you know there are children in horrible horrible living situations with terrible terrible parents who should have probably never been parents But we all get to. That's part of the human condition. Doesn't matter how smart you are, how good of a human being you are morally or rationally. You know, you still can have kids if you want to, and you can download your little manifestos on their little brains if you want to. (laughs) And they grow up to be, you know, (laughs) whoever. I digress. Uh, And then, so here's another one. You know, I'm going to keep reading these lyrics real quick. Uh, Last night was wrong. It's morning. So tired of these empty feelings in me. I wasn't born a failure. No more living in regret. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Uh, And then it's the chorus again, you know. And then he says, I need to end this violence in this place that I call home. Don't you think we should probably do that, friends? Family, I guess we're family now. You know, it's episode 5 i We'll call you family. I'm going to talk to you like we're family. I'm going to change I to we. We need to end this violence in this place that we call home. Do you have a vested interest in America? Do you feel like it's a part of you? Do you care? This country's going nowhere fast if we can't all agree that we need to take some stock and have a vested interest in making our country better. uh, You know, I mean, man, it's just one man's opinion, I suppose. Whew. Yeah, live for better days. Ignite, check them out. Um... Yeah, so another thing I wanted to touch on, um, a couple episodes back I talked about John Dewey's school systems, and I started re-reading, actually, a little bit about Mr. John Dewey. And I found a little excerpt that I wanted to share with you people, uh, which I think is pretty much the quintessential paragraph That he said, and I know you can infer a lot into this. Uh, You might even claim uh, that when you, after I hear, after you hear me read this to you, that I'm inferring a little too much, maybe. Okay, maybe. But how about we let history judge? Okay, what Mister John Dewey in 1899 said in the school and society. And in, I think, also in 1916, he wrote Democracy of Education. Uh, I got to double check that that's accurate. I think this was from Wikipedia. But um, here, let me read this. Let me read this. And, you know, think about it. Here we go. Uh, Oh, actually, you know what? This isn't his verbatim clip from his own words. This is a paraphrase like the cliff notes of what the summation of those two books are so okay now that I kind of read through this before I'm about to tell you I realize that uh this probably needs to be fact checked but let's just pretend that that's not the case right now (laughs) and let's just consider this little blurb and then you know you be the judge go research his work you know And then after you research his work, you know, you can form your own opinion of of whether or not this is what he thinks. Okay, so here we go. Dewey claims that rather than preparing citizens for ethical participation in society, schools cultivate passive pupils via insistence upon mastery of facts and disciplining of bodies but not emotions. Oh, no, no, no. Remember what Paul Harvey said about emotions? Let's just let those run wild. (laughs) Oh, boy, that is exactly what has happened, people. I do not care if you agree with me or not. That is exactly what's going on. There's a whole lot of emotional decision-making going on in this country. Not a lot of rational thought. A lot of tribalism going on in this country. Not a lot of courage to step away from the pack. Uh, This uh, little cliff cliff note blurb goes on. Rather than preparing students to be reflective, autonomous, and ethical beings capable of arriving at social truths through critical and intersubjective discourse. Schools prepare students for docile compliance. Compliance. My friend uh, Sam Winchester just wrote a blog called uh, entitled Comply. I urge you all to go to his website and read it. And I urge you all to listen to his podcast. Okay. Schools prepare students for docile compliance with authoritarian work and political structures. Discourage the pursuit of individual and communal inquiry. Ah, key word, key phrase. And here's my favorite part. Perceive higher learning as a monopoly of the institution of education Can uh, you learn anything independently or do you feel that higher learning establishments colleges universities have a monopoly on the institution of education meaning all education can only be taught by these colleges and universities. The point I'm trying to make to you people is that John Dewey's idea and purpose, the purpose behind the style of school system he's talking about here is exactly what I was trying to say in I think episode one or two about your schools are not trying to help you Develop an open mind and and help you discover the best and create, rather, the best version of yourself. Their job is to make you fall in line, comply. Passive. Let's cultivate passive pupils. Let's discipline bodies, but not emotions. Rather than preparing you to be reflective, autonomous, which is another word for independent, and ethical. And instead of being prepared to, to be capable of arriving at social truths through critical and intersubjective discourse, schools, schools prepare students for docile compliance with authoritarian work. Authoritarian Work and discourage the pursuit of individual and communal inquiry. That's the best line right there. Your school system, the one that you went to, the one that you graduated from, existed to discourage you from pursuing being interested in being motivated motivated to discover individual and or communal inquiry. They don't want you to think. They don't want citizens capable of critical thinking. They want obedient workers, passive pupils. Don't take my word for it. A lot of these themes are going to keep coming up in my podcast. And I'm going to keep having different supporting statements. I'm going to have continue to have supporting facts and evidence to back up my claims. And as always, people, do not take my word for it. Go and start researching and studying and learning about this stuff and being intellectually curious yourself. For you, for me, for all of us, man. Woman. Child. Elder. You know, what are we doing, people? What are we doing? What are we doing? How long are you going to just let your, light, your brain just believe every single thing you ever see on the news? Quote, unquote. You think that's news, people? Do you think that's news? Do you think your schools care? Care? About you? Or are they just trying to get that money from your from your not being uh, uh, tardy or absent? You know? You ever think about why an uh, uh, institution of higher learning that you're paying for, you are paying for, probably for the rest of your life with interest, these schools have the audacity to tell you you got to be in class. Because if you're not, they don't get that funding, baby. They don't get that government nipple. It's it's disgusting. I remember sitting in class in college and just, you know, they're taking attendance. And I just felt disgusted. I was like, you know what? I'm paying for this. I'll be here if I goddamn want to or not. I, I won't be here if I feel like it. I don't give... Uh, Blah, 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 blip, 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 what you think. My money. My decision. Freedom. I have the freedom to choose whether I want to waste the money that I'm spending on attending this university or not. Who are you to tell me when I need to be in class? All I need to do is pass the class. That's all I need to do. Your opinion is irrelevant. (laughs) Uh, You ever think about that, college students, college graduates when you're in college? Yeah, as if those colleges don't need any more money. (laughs) When I was at San Diego State, boy, I tell you what, they raised the tuition probably three, four semesters in a row while simultaneously getting rid of classes (laughs) and building new, uh, you know. like, uh, stadium, like, stuff around the stadium and for the, you know, the football team, all the sports teams, obviously. uh, They redid the entire middle, uh, like, community center-type area, uh, you know, built bridges and uh, developed uh, more communities for student uh, uh, housing around San Diego State. Uh, Probably two, three years. I mean, it, it went from a small... University to a much bigger looking, much more uh, expensive, a lot of money was spent, a lot of tuition money was spent redeveloping San Diego State University. And while they simultaneously were cutting classes, you know why that happened, people? Do you know why that happened to not only San Diego, San Diego State University, but every university in the United States? Because of FAFSA and Pell Grant, and financial aid, and student loans. (laughs) You talk about a racket, boy. Education is one of the biggest rackets in this country. Oh my gosh. It's almost as big as religion. (laughs) I'm going to get in trouble for that one, probably. You know what I'm saying, people. You know these systems of control and these institutions that we build need to be. And I, you know, my 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 right leaning friends aren't going to like what I'm about to say, but they need to be reformed. That's one thing I can actually get on board with from the left is that we need to reform some of these institutions a little bit. Like we can still keep the historical philosophical roots. We can. St- There's no reason why we can't. Meet in the middle, people. <laughs> Meet in the middle and fix some of these problems. There's no reason we can't do it. There are reasons why we can't, but it's not impossible is my point. It's not impossible. Um, uh, you know, student loans, baby. Big, big issue. Big issue now. Oh, ho, ho, ho. is it ever. You know, I'm gonna stop talking about schools now because it's just when I talk and think about this stuff, it makes me upset. I just don't like it. I, I I'm a huge proponent of individual, independent th- thought, free thinking, self education. I think it was what was it, Jim Rohn, somebody. I think and I think my buddy Bjorn actually posted one time. Um, is it higher education or? whatever, will make you a living. Uh, independent self-education will make you a fortune. I mean, I, I mean, I like that quote. You know, I mean, if you're trying to build a fortune, I suppose. Um, but the point is, independent thought people, doing your own research, learning on your own. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised what you can learn and achieve with a little Individual effort and, you know, gumption. <laughs> oh, gumption. I never used gumption in a sentence before. Uh, I'm glad that I just uh, chose that terminology. Um, you know, a little belief in yourself. You know, man, turn off the TV, pick up a book. I don't know, people. What are we doing? What are we doing? Are we gonna turn this ship around, man? Are we gonna do anything positive and beneficial for ourselves and for each other? We keep going to these schools, thinking that they're gonna get us, uh, you know, a job later on. If you want a job, here's what you do: you first. F- figure out what it is you love to do. Figure out what it is that you would do regardless if you are getting paid for it or not in your normal life because it's just you. It's who you are, okay? Figure out that and then figure out how you can make money doing that. There you go. Recipe and for success. Free advice. There you go. You heard it here first. I mean, it really is that simple. You know, you do what you love. You never work a day in your life. You know, Spoken by someone that doesn't have any, you know, respect for work. But, you know, it's true. Like, do what you love. You're working at a job right now that you can't stand, not getting paid what you think you're worth, you know? If you're the type of person that's petitioning the government to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour and you don't have any skills that that require that or you don't have any education that, that supports that, You know what you're saying to all those people that are in thousands of dollars of student debt? You know what you're saying to those people? You're saying all your hard work and effort and all of your courage and belief in yourself? uh, You know what? I piss on that because I should get paid the same amount as you get paid without doing any of the work. None of the study. None of the showing up at class on time in the morning. None of that building social bonds with other people from different walks of life and backgrounds. You're just you just going to demand, oh, hey, I want to go to the government and have them force businesses to factor in raising the wage for employees. Do you have any idea about how economic, economics works? And do you know what that's going to do? That's just another... Liability, that's another cost for that business. And if it's a mom and pop business, you know, a sole proprietorship, they're in trouble. You're seeing that right now with COVID. All you lefties out there that think that raising the minimum wage is just the moral, upright, good, oh, it's, you know, it's our best good intentions. Oh, you know, what did Milton Friedman say? The road to hell. And it wasn't Milton Friedman, but I forget who said it, but the road to hell. Is paved with good intentions always beware of the man from the government that says hey you know what hi guys I'm here to help are ya how'd that work out for the Native Americans the government being there to help (laughs) define help (laughs) oh you people oh my god it's amazing it is absolutely baffling to me that that people don't see this stuff so much more clearly It's sad. It's sad how effective propaganda and media manipulation is. It's sad. Even people that are aware of it. I've said this on my Facebook page before in the group. Even it's so effective that even people who are aware of it are still victims of it. That's how powerful media, media manipulation and propaganda are, is, That's a, that's, a, that's a tall mountain to climb, people. That is a tall hill to climb if we're going to overcome that. You know? You ever stop and think, hey, is a is day ever going to come where we're actually going to have real news again? You know? The Murrows and the, you know, you know, Cronkites, the Will McAvoys. <laughs> where are those guys? Hey, Journalists! Dear journalists, I would love to know where you get your questions and your <laughs> desire to storytell. Because if you are so locked in the partisan game, and you know, before I say this, I understand that clickbait's a thing now, and you guys gotta get you gotta get that those eyeballs. I get it. A lot of your organizations are going out of business because of the internet. I get it. I understand all that stuff. Okay. But how about having some, you know, integrity? (laughs) Do you know what a journalist really does? You know, do any of you journalists out there look up to guys like uh, Julian Assange? You know, I know it's debatable what he did. I know just like Edward Snowden, it's debatable that he, you know, that they what they did wasn't in the best interest of the people of the United States and even other countries around the world. I mean, if you can if you if you can show me an argument that with supporting evidence that can convince me that those guys had nefarious motives other than informing stupid idiot ignorant Americans, about what their government is doing behind their backs. I don't know about you. I don't know what your definition of hero or, or uh, you know, saboteur, uh, you know, espionage, whatever, you know. Trading classified secrets. They wasn't. They weren't trading classified secrets. You know, WikiLeaks never had to retract a story. So there you go. Go figure that out. Go see if you can find anything that they ever published that isn't true. First of all, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't. Know which, I don't know. People. I don't know what else you people need to, to see in here. I mean, I'm gonna keep it going. I'm gonna keep this train going down the track. Um, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep bringing examples. I'm going to continue to show you people. I'm going to turn some of your conventional wisdom and your popular TV media created narratives on, its, on their heads. I'm going to turn them upside down. I'm going to spin them around. I'm going, to, I'm going to strip them naked and I'm going to shove them right back in your face and tell you people, get it. I'm going to pay some bills. I'm going to take a little break, and uh, we'll be back here on the new and improved Politics and Punk Rock podcast. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. All right, so uh, I wanted to read an excerpt uh, real quick uh, from a book called The Sane Society. By Eric Fromm. Eric Fromm, uh, I want to say he was a um, psychologist. I forget what he did exactly. He talks about Freud a lot, so I think he was a psychologist maybe. Yeah. Um, anyway, but he wrote a book called The Sane Society. And there's something in here that I want to read you guys. Uh, he talks about... Um, The Difference Between Intelligence and Reason. And I really like how he characterizes the difference. So uh, here we go. I'm just going to read. This is page 170 of The Sane Society by Eric Fromm. Intelligence, in this sense, is taking things for granted as they are, making combinations which have the purpose of facilitating their manipulation. Intelligence is thought in the service of biological survival. So, you know, being able to manipulate your surroundings in order to increase your standard of living, right? Okay, then conversely, reason, on the other hand, aims at understanding. It tries to find out what is behind the surface to recognize the kernel, the essence of the reality which surrounds us. Reason is not without a function, but its function is not to further physical as much as mental and spiritual existence. However, often in individual and social life, reason is required in order to predict, and the prediction sometimes is necessary even for physical survival. Uh... You know, he says, intelligence is sufficient to manipulate properly one sector of the larger unit, whether it is a machine or a state, but reason can develop only if it is geared to the whole. And he says, we have reached a state of individuation in which only the fully developed mature personality can make fruitful use of freedom. Let me repeat that. We have reached a state of individuation in which only the fully developed, mature personality can make fruitful use of freedom. If the individual has not developed his reason and his capacity for love, he is incapable of bearing the burden of freedom and individual individuality ugh, sorry, and tries to escape Into artificial ties which give him a sense of belonging and rootedness. Artificial ties. What Eric Fromm is saying to you people is that if you cannot find a way to become a fully developed, mature human being, connected with understanding and with the desire to make decisions that benefit the whole, then you are not able to make fruitful use of freedom. So guess what? That's the promise of America, people. Freedom is the promise of America. You are free to speak your mind. You are free to worship what you want to. Uh, You are free to defend yourself and bear arms, et cetera, et cetera, right? The Bill of Rights. Why is it that when I talk about the Bill of Rights, I don't hear it say... Anything about all of these rights are subject to whatever government is in charge. (laughs) You ever think about that? Anyway. And then he says, if an individual has not developed his reason and his capacity for love, he's incapable of bearing the burden of freedom and individuality. You know what I love about that? know what that says to me? It reminds me of an old libertarian phrase. Freedom... And responsibility are inseparable. People, if you wanna be free and you wanna live in a free country, a free society, you have to develop yourself so that you can make fruitful use of the freedom that you have been given. you're, You're inalienable, God given rights. You think getting rid of that's a good idea for statism, globalism, socialism? I don't know. A healthy society furthers man's capacity, capacity to love his fellow men, to work creatively, to develop his reason and objectivity, to have a sense of self, which is based on the experience of his own productive powers. Those are excerpts from Eric Fromm, The Sane Society. What would you say about America today? Is it a sane society? And if your answer to that is no, I just gave you the reason why. We are not developing our capacities, people, to the fullest extent of our abilities. Some of us are. Um, you know, (laughs) it's, it really is, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, this stuff is just so clear to me and it, it just makes so much sense. It just makes so much sense. They're trying to get you, man. They're trying to get you in your schools. They're trying to get you through the TV. They're trying to lull you to sleep so that they can lure you into bed. And infect you with diseases of which there is no cure. I'm not saying there's no value in the caring human, bleeding heart desire to take care of each other. I want to do that too. I have a bleeding heart. I am a big softy at my core. I'm a cancer. I got a rough exterior and a super soft interior. <laughs> Oh man. And I feel, I'm, I I I don't, I don't know if I would characterize myself as an empath, but boy, do I feel everything emotional I ever uh, encounter. But, but I am able to turn that off and go full blown, logical, rational man when I have to. Part of that is because, you know, something in my DNA. Another part of it is because I, I served my country in the military. And those are the skills and the worldviews and the uh, personal mottos, whatever, that are developed in the military. That is one thing that the military does that will benefit and change your life for the better, is it instills in you the ability to act, to adapt, to overcome, to feel your feelings, feel your emotions, but know when it's time To turn off the temper tantrum and turn on the, oh wait, I'm an adult. I'm better than this behavior. Are you better? Are you better than this? Are you better than your behavior? (laughs) Uh, Who's the Navy SEAL guy? Uh, Gosh. Who's the Navy SEAL guy? Discipline is freedom. The discipline is freedom guy. Jocko, Jocko Willink. Uh, discipline equals freedom, people. He is absolutely right. Go read his book. He is absolutely right. The way that you make fruitful your, use of your freedom is to develop yourself, to do hard things, to push yourself, to attempt to prove to yourself that you can adapt And overcome in any situation. Belief in yourself, developing your intelligence, developing your reason. These are the things that were the root of the Enlightenment. You know, and even for you non religious people, I I hate to tell you, religion back in the day had a lot of reason in it. The idea was to do what's best for the whole. All the philosophers, the Greeks, the, I mean, every, all, everybody. Everybody that had anything smart to say about the human condition throughout his history has a similar explanation of this, these concepts. It reminds me of that old Native American quote, like, hey, you know, uh, there's two wolves fighting inside of all of us. One of them is greed, envy, resentment, hate. And the other is love and caring and striving and uh, courage. And the Native American elder is telling this to his young son or grandson, whatever. And he says this. There's two wolves. One is this, one is that. One is good, one is evil. One is God, quote unquote. And one is the devil, quote unquote. Fill in your favorite Uh, analogy for the dichotomy of mankind you know the yin yang positive negative the left right the binary the ones and zeros you know and then that and then you know that story about the wolves you know which wolf are you you know the son ends up asking you know well which wolf wins the good wolf or the evil wolf and he replies to the to the son the one you feed son the one you feed I hope you're thinking about this stuff people. There's ancient wisdom at your fingertips. All you have to do is take the time to go seek it out yourself openly, honestly. Free of predeterminations, free of partisan BS filtration systems that you, you know, your tribal uh, firewall that you have in your brain that prevents you from saying anything outside of your party uh, talking points from your favorite mainstream media outlet. You know, I'm just trying to help people. I'm just trying to help. And if you find value in this podcast, please share this podcast. All right, guys, that's episode five. Episode six coming soon. I am Andrew for America. This has been the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Please come visit the website, Politics and Punk Rock Send an invite if you want to join the private group, Andrew for America Comedy and Commentary. That's it. Thanks for listening. And again, you know, share this podcast if you like it. Tell your friends. If you think that you know somebody in your life that could benefit from the words that are coming out of my mouth, then do them a favor. Hook them up. All right, guys, we will see you soon.